0: everyone. This is Andrea von Kampen, and welcome to my podcast, It's My Party. This is a podcast where I sit down with women who I find to be interesting and creative, and we have meaningful conversations. So, if that sounds good to you, let's get started. It was the middle of winter in Wisconsin when I first met the Norwegian folk duo Darling West. I had driven through so much snow that day from Lincoln to Eau Claire. And I did this to begin a Northern February tour with Darling West. Just a tip, Northern February tours are very, very cold, but it was totally worth it because meeting Tour Marie from Darling West was delightful and they have become good friends of mine that I still am looking forward to being able to see someday on the road. And in today's podcast episode, I sit down with Marie from this folk acoustic duo, and we chat about her musical influences, what it's like to live in Norway and make music in Norway, and so much more. Be sure to like and subscribe and share this episode with a friend. Marie, thank you so much for being here today. I'm very excited to have you on my podcast. Thank you. I'm honored to be on your podcast, Andrea. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Okay. So I feel like there's a lot we could chat about, especially in these crazy times, but I sort of want to start from the beginning and I'm excited because this is a lot of things I don't know about you. And so I want to start with where you grew up and sort of like what your first musical influences were. All right. First of all, I'm a Norwegian, so I grew <laughs> up in Norway.
1: <laughs> it's a really it's a small country, but I think a lot of our musical influences are from the state. I grew up in a home. Well, it's south of Norway. It's not as dark as as it is in the north, but it's still okay. Norway. What's
0: the city? It's called Horten. <laughs> important okay. it <laughs> doesn't matter <laughs> it's know, a small it's town great. it's great uh, someone will be listening who's from there, you know <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Well, i wouldn't
1: count on it it's a really small place we grew up every summer like just spending time on the beach every day
0: because wow. it's a really nice
1: um, sounds amazing beach there and uh, we didn't have we had like one store and uh what
0: was the population backyard. of this town i have no idea Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst question you could ask me. <laughs> you I don't know the population. Know, I it's don't know a lot of theory. facts. But my, in terms of music, my dad listened to a lot of country music when okay. I was growing up. Well, music in general, he's a really, real music enthusiast.
0: Okay. Uh, and was this like country music from the united states or was this like norwegian country music uh, no i'm definitely from the states okay i remember like
1: after listening to achy breaky heart mm. like a thousand times <laughs> in the car i'm like oh can we please listen to something else <laughs> but he was diverse i mean he brought a lot of things like new cds into our home okay i listened to celine dion and Michael Bolton.
0: Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> and Mariah Carey, The Unplugged Record. That was my favorite This is favorite really part.
0: making a lot of sense with your current work. Like, I'm starting to really see <laughs> <this>. <laughs> Michael Bolton? Yeah, right. <laughs> no, but I... After
1: growing up with that, I tried to find my own path when I grew into the teens, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I actually... I have a really vivid memory of how I came into the real listening heart, if you know what I mean. Because I, I found that album from Radiohead called OK oh. Computer. Oh, wow. And I was so... I was s- absorbed. I was just... I I hadn't heard, heard anything like it. And I just loved listening to that music. And the thing... Also, is that I grew up in somewhat a religious home, mm-hmm. In it's hard to explain, I guess. But you have a lot of evange- evangelical. Mm-hmm. Is that we call? I Churches? I
0: definitely get what you're talking about right now. With yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that.
1: <laughs> I think a lot of Americans do because it's yeah. a lot of it's a lot of that in your culture not as much here in Europe i guess so yeah. we were kind of the minority but it was not, i wouldn't call it fanatic but there was some waves of
0: like fundamentalism or yeah okay
1: and also that was a little part of my teen growing up as a teenager. Mm-hmm. So I remember I had a phone call from one of my friends in that kind of a community mm-hmm. that was saying, I just have something I want to say to you. And it, <laughs> you really shouldn't listen to all that music that is oh, not Christian no. that you're listening to. <laughs> and I, I'm i not sure why this has stuck with me so deeply, but yeah. I just, I remember like lying awake, I was a teenager, t- teenager trying to find my way in the world. Yeah, and though I now think that that is a stupid <laughs> thing to spend time thinking about, yes, I was thinking a lot about it back then, wow. and I just had this epiphany that you know, screw it, I need to listen to OK <laughs> Computer, or my world will fall apart. And that was so. That was kind of the turning point for my musical interest gosh that is
0: so fascinating I have two questions about this and the first one is so I think about my sort of like growing up there were a lot of hymns and I I think that in some ways growing up in a church really sort of influenced me musically and I want to know do you think that that had any influence on you like were you singing or reading music from a really young age because you were in a church environment
1: Yes, yeah, so I think that's a lot, has a lot to do with me approaching music at all. Because when, yeah, like you say, when you're in
0: church, that's basically what we do, right? Yeah. Sing and play music. The second question I had, I actually don't remember, but I want to pick it up <laughs> at Radiohead. So this is sort of like the epiphany of, of stepping out of the music you've been listening to. So where did you go from here? And also at this point are you still in your small town or have you moved? Yeah, I was still in my small town. Okay. Uh, wow. Back then. So it's yes. even like more rebellious that you're happening <laughs> yeah. upon this really like hip pushing the boundary music. <laughs> yeah.
1: And my even though my parents are were pretty conservative in a lot of ways if we're still talking about that yeah. the church upbringing, but at the, in music they were as you can understand with Michael Bolton of <laughs> uh, Very progressive. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of, I never thought about it that way before. So maybe yeah. because of them. So that's something I can thank them that's for, That's incredible.
0: I guess. And it's really cool that, you know, there are a lot of people who have these sort of like fundamentalist thoughts that are very black and white. And yet art really never fits into that. And it's oh. cool how many times like, art can kind of bridge the gap between people who like you really might not agree with on a lot of things with. And so I think that's a cool example of that. So true. You should cut that out from your podcast and <laughs> <I> sell it. <laughs> <Yes>.
1: <laughs> no, but yeah, I guess a couple of years later, I, I moved from home. I was 17 okay. and started hanging out with the different people because I a career in flowers.
0: Oh. <laughs> yeah.
1: Wow. So, yeah, I'm a florist by profession. That's amazing. So I just moved to another small town that had <laughs> that school that I had to go to for, for What made
0: you want to do that?
1: I have no idea. <laughs> it's just going with the flow, I guess. I was interested in art in general
0: uh-huh. and just
1: wanted something creative. What's to do. like
0: one thing you can tell us about flowers that you think most people don't know? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> don't put me on the spot like that. I, am ha- as I said
1: in the beginning, I'm not really good with facts. <laughs> so i'm
0: not sure if i can help you there and also it's been a really long while okay i I heard yesterday i'm gonna pull out some flower facts and see if you can validate this i heard yesterday that you need three types of flowers in a like a potted thing like one has to fall over the side like it's like a filler a thriller and a spiller
1: Oh, is this for <laughs> decorational purposes or is it like for
0: survival um, of the plants? No, no. It has nothing to do with survival <laughs> and just all to do with aesthetic. Okay. I, wow. I- I've never heard that, but it might be true. <laughs> well, gosh, maybe I should go to <laughs> Okay. I, I don't think that's a good idea. Well, that's a very interesting thing you did. So how did you get from florals to music? Oh, it was a long
1: path. Mm-hmm. I worked in as a florist for maybe like ten or fifteen years. Wow! Uh, after that, maybe ten. I can't okay. really remember. I'm not good with facts. So, you know, That's okay. That's a, all right.
0: It's all here. <laughs> yeah. But
1: I, I, I was still like a little in the church community, mm-hmm. and I was singing. I guess a little in that Mm -hmm. kind of setting, but I didn't do anything like I didn't play any instruments or anything. Then I moved to Oslo, which is the biggest city in Norway with some friends, still a florist. And I just, I was in a community where there were a lot of artists. I mean, people, we were young, people were trying to find their way Am Mm -hmm. I? pursuing this as a career or not so a, a lot of people did music and I was a bit on the sideline there as well I guess but I had a really good friend who worked touring quite a lot in Germany and other European countries okay. and uh, she had a little band with her and I went on tour with her to sell merch oh. actually that, that we had made ourselves <laughs> <laughs> it was that kind of phase where you made little patches and you know it was all like handcraft stuff that looked not really that good but it was fun (laughs) that's incredible and I went on tour with her
0: and how long was the first tour
1: it was maybe four
0: weeks or something oh wow that's a lot is it I mean, yeah, I think like I for your first time, just like going out on the road, like committing to four weeks, like that's that's a lot. Yeah. Now
1: that you mention it, it's really weird that I had time off from work, but I, yeah. I, I can't remember.
0: Okay, but so anyways, the sorry. Important the important part, part. Here
1: <laughs> is that I met a guy. <laughs> that that's not the most important part, but it's a part of my <laughs> musical history. Actually, I met a
0: tour that is my husband today mm-hmm. on that tour isn't that just the worst like having his name in english sound like the word tour like is that sometimes very confusing well i can remember it was for you the first time we met you You, (laughs) are you talking about well marie uh, miss i don't remember facts (laughs) just whipping (laughs) these facts out (laughs) can you spell his name for the listeners so they know there's a distinction
1: it's a T O
0: R, T O R. but yes. Is I it like get- an out over the O?
1: No. Okay. It's just T O so, R. And I guess you can call him Tor. Or okay. Or you can call him Thor, like the god of <laughs> thunder. But his
0: that's okay. I will call Thor, him
1: my <laughs> Thor. My Tor is not very. That's not a description of him.
0: Yeah, no, I wouldn't use God of Thunder. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. So anyways, you meet tour on this tour. Yeah. Okay, so then what happened? We
1: have this little setup every night on that tour where
0: Maria, the
1: artist that I traveled with, she invites me up on stage to do that Emily Harris or this traditional Green Pastures. Okay. So we do Maria and me and tour. are doing that every night. And I just... Remember how fond I am of singing, I guess. And it starts, the seed is planted. As the florist would say. When we come home from that tour, we pretty quickly after that get together as a couple. Mm -hmm. And then years later, because I mean, tour was very dismissive of working together. In music. Really? Or doing something like musical
0: with me. And <laughs> yeah. why is that? Like you just thought it wouldn't like work for you guys to be a couple and also have to work together? Yeah. Which so I fascinating. Mean, and what did you think at the time?
1: No, I was just living my florist life <laughs> and trying to figure out totally. what I wanted to do. And I I mean, it's it just my whole life I've just gone with the flow, I mm-hmm. guess. So it's Hard for me to distinguish what the turning points are, I guess.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: But after a few years, after we were married, that was three years after, we still didn't have a a musical project together.
0: And at this Uh, point, is Tour just doing his own music? Yeah,
1: he is a professional musician, like touring around with uh, other artists. And he's a bass player
0: mm-hmm
1: so he's just working in music and I start to like I don't know if envy is the right word for it but mm-hmm. I feel like I would it's a big part of him that I feel like I can't really be mm-hmm. a part of so I buy a mandolin and start practicing <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard <laughs> I mean Especially when you have like Sam Bush and all the bluegrass <laughs> musicians.
0: Oh as, man, I don't even know how you'd start on that. That's so tough. Yeah. And you have to pick so fast to get it mm-hmm. like to sound really
1: good. And yeah. especially because I was a grown up by then. Yeah, I was right like 28 or something. So learning a new instrument when you're
0: a grown up is a bit different than yeah. doing it as well, a kid. And was this your first instrument? That you really yes. got serious about?
1: Yeah, I guess I played a little bit of guitar okay. in high school. I don't know. I learned some chords, I okay. guess, like everyone else, because it was music.
0: And did you like announce, yes. I'm now buying a mandolin and learning it? Or was this a bit more of like a a private endeavor? Something in between, maybe.
1: <laughs> okay. Of course, the people around me knew because I was sitting there. Bring, bring, bring. <laughs> but I didn't... I didn't really announce it okay. to the world, but because because <laughs> I didn't didn't know that I was going to pursue it the way that it turns out. That I have. Okay. After a while, we we start playing some fiddle tunes together and stuff. Tour and I, and we like to be out in nature, so we go in a cabin that we normally do when we have time off. And suddenly, there's a song that comes just. Just comes, I
0: guess.
1: <laughs> so we wrote our first song. Wow. At one point. And, and what is your first
0: that- song called? Do we know it? Have the listeners
1: heard it? Is it released? <laughs> yes, it is released. And it's called Darning West. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was first. The It was first the title of the song. And then mm-hmm. we just named the band after the song. I guess.
0: That's great. And was it sort of referencing the Western part of a place or did it just sort of sound like the aesthetic you were going for? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. It's so hard to get to find a bad name. Oh, it's so, it's uh, literally the worst. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so I and guess everything just, sounds so dumb until it is spoken into existence. And then suddenly it's like the coolest thing ever. But when you're coming <laughs> up with ideas, it's like you have these I lists know. and you read them out loud and you're like, no, that's terrible. Oh, that's so I bad. Know. <laughs> you have to have some context. Uh,
1: we just, we struggled with it. And we mm-hmm. had that song, which we feel like at that time we, had a very dogmatic way into music. We play mm-hmm. only acoustic instruments and we're really influenced by old time American music. Yeah. So I guess it's just a little nod to we're looking to the
0: West y'all. That's cool. That's very yeah. cool. So we now have a band name. We have one song you've been accepted as a band member. How do we go from that to, you know, releasing albums, touring, all that sort of stuff
1: yeah it's just happened very organically i still had my job and we were trying to write some songs together and just have fun with it because Mm -hmm. that was the purpose of it all that we could share that that musical part together, Mm -hmm. uh, but without any pressure or it was just organically no pressure because we never thought that it would lead anywhere we just had fun with it And then writing songs together just felt really rewarding and it felt like we had a good chemistry in Mm -hmm. that department as well. Also, the first record that we released was just a product of that fun time we had with learning how to play together Mm -hmm. and the record actually got some attention in Norway because... I don't know. I think Norwegians have always been interested in American folk music. Mm-hmm. But there's just... Why do you through... think that is? I think there's a few different answers to that. Because I think there's been waves of connections between America and Norway. Always. Mm-hmm. We yeah. we traveled there through a rough time in our country to get, to get work. That was like... 1800s, I guess, and started. Okay. So there's a, there's been a lot of, I, I remember my grand-grand was actually going there to get work. So he traveled home with all his knowledge. And it, was, it has always been something like back and forth from our okay. countries, I think. And also when we found oil in the 70s or 60s and 70s here in Norway, the States have always been very close to that. Interest as well, I guess. Yeah. So that's the new <clears throat> wave of Americans coming over here, I guess. Okay. Creating their stuff here. So I guess there's always been an exchange
0: mm-hmm.
1: between the countries.
0: That's so interesting. So so you felt like the first album was sort of you know organically received really well we have this sort of like love and appreciation of american music i guess we can call it that although it's obviously such a melting pot of a lot of different places so absolutely (laughs) we can't really coin it american but anyways this first album is it is this one called winter passing is that right yeah Okay. Wow. Cool. I know. I did my his I did my history just a little bit. I watched a couple <laughs> YouTube videos and <laughs> no. I'm impressed. I-, I just contemplated on our time together. I'm excited <laughs> to get into bone broth. Oh <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm just blabbering
1: about the like,
0: <laughs> boring facts about no, my No, it's um- great. I-, I love it. So okay, this does naturally well. Where do you guys go from here then? We find new encouragement
1: from from actually being well received and start mm-hmm. writing new songs that turn a little bit more pop okay. than the, the first record. And I guess we have a lot of musical contacts in Norway because Tor has always worked as a, a freelance musician. And mm. uh, something that I've, I left out is also that I, very early in my process of learning the mandolin, I got. Like a lot of jobs in music in Mm -hmm. Norway, which is crazy. It's a lot about my harmony singing from church, I guess. Mm -hmm. And also my will to learn a lot of new things. Mm -hmm. Even though I didn't play the guitar, I was, I had so much. I just laid down so much time and learning new Mm -hmm. stuff all the time. So you can just throw things at me and I would go into my little, I don't know what you call it. Just go and be alone and practice mm-hmm. and then come out with the result.
0: <laughs> That's amazing.
1: So uh, I got a lot of freelance music work that way. So you
0: guys already had like a bit of connections then. So sort of like putting your own music out. There was there was already some groundwork that was laid to be able to move almost quicker than if you had just started from nothing. Exactly. That's, That's great. where
1: I was headed. So The people that uh, recorded the next album, he didn't take a lot of money. It was just, it was all a community that we were part of. Mm -hmm. So, and that album actually won an award in Norway, which is the equivalent to the Grammy.
0: Although a lot,
1: that's amazing. Smaller since it's
0: in (laughs) Norway. It's relative, but very exciting. I mean. No, that's great. Did you feel a change when you won that? Like, did you start to feel like in Norway, you guys were like really making a name for yourself? In that small, small community mm-hmm. of uh,
1: of Americana or mm-hmm. folk music in Norway, I felt that was the case. But yep. that's... Really, uh, very small, <laughs> <laughs> and also they call the category in that award called "Spelmansprisen." It's called "country,"
0: <laughs> which
1: we can't really yeah. relate to that term at all. That's so fascinating.
0: Just a, yeah, and so okay, so you have two albums released. Have you toured outside of Norway yet? Uh, no, With your not at project. all. Okay, so I feel like that award and
1: the pull that that got that second record we got a really good spotify placements like Mm -hmm. on playlists and we were very surprised really to get that kind of attention Mm -hmm. so then we just something just opened for us like is this something that we can do more of (laughs) Mm -hmm. it was a surprise Mm -hmm. so we started moving from there as i said like always been just going with the flow and that was what that felt as well just that's uh, so great
0: so like I, I guess one question I have that's sort of about this time but also now you know you've said like it's just been sort of fun has there ever been a point where it started to feel like a job <clears throat> yeah <laughs> when did that happen yeah it's a good
1: question because some of the things you do in a project like that is not all fun Mm -hmm. because you you're driving the project yourself you know all about this you have to get it out there and do like office hours yeah (laughs) with all the emailing and stuff you have to do and making decisions all the time of what kind of direction you want to go in making content for social media (laughs) yeah Yeah. all those things are not always as fun so that feeling started pretty early I guess because (laughs) I'm the what what do you call it? The band leader in some okay.
0: way. So do you control a lot of the social media? Like you do, yeah. that's sort of your part of the job. Yeah. Okay. And
1: also I just have
0: more like the brain
1: for knowing when to take decisions and everything. Tour is very laid back on a, mm. a lot of different things. Musically, he is uh, definitely a leader, but mm-hmm. we, uh, yeah we have different sides
0: that's which good that those you guys really have different skills yeah, yeah. <laughs> cuz it's a big job like it's yeah. it's a it's a job that could be done by like 20 people but you guys are you know doing a lot of it by yourself and that's that's really cool hello hello my friends it is time for an ad break today i'm going to be talking about our sponsor of the summer agora art and ceramic studio Agora is a small woman-run business that makes ceramic, jewelry, and paintings. If you've been around here lately listening to these podcasts, you know I am a huge fan of Agora. I love their mugs. I love their paintings. I love everything that they're doing. So if you want to share in this love, um, I'm offering you a little code, Party15, when you check out at Agora. You can go to agora and use this code to receive 15% off your purchase from now through August 1st. Also, feel free to follow Agora on Instagram, TikTok, sign up for the mailing list. You know what to do. All right, anyways, let's get back to the episode. So, I want to ask about your first tour to the US. When was it, and this as Darling West at least, when was it and what was it like? Oh man, it's been so many now. I can't really remember what <laughs> or what you can the just talk in general about your experience touring the US.
1: Yeah, it's been so exciting and different and we've been learning so much on on the way of how to tour
0: <laughs> in the <laughs>
1: states. I mean, you guys are pros and you guys have so, uh, such stamina in touring, I think.
0: <laughs> I don't know about that, but <laughs> so Here, I think it's more yeah. <laughs> I mean <laughs> there's
1: there's a few cities in Norway that you can go to if you're a little band. And every time you release a record, you have to have that record to support your tour, I guess. And then you can go like fifteen places and then you have to make a new record in a couple of years to do the same track. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you guys can just Go and go (laughs) and go forever. And the first thing that we noticed is that. It's really not just one country. You have <laughs> so much different areas that likes different kind of music. And yeah, you have to kind of pinpoint those places. Of course, we had a little help with that through a booking agent and everything. But it's just been an adventure that we would love to do again. <laughs> yeah, but right seriously. now, it's, <laughs> it looks not so good.
0: So what have been some of your favorite cities to play? in the US.
1: Oh, I should have prepared a little for
0: this. <laughs> it's totally fine. I really like Portland and Seattle and mm-hmm. that
1: area, the Northwest, I guess a lot because we've been traveling through the state and different places that's been exciting and very different from home. And then when you get up on that in those parts, it just feels very familiar <laughs> to our yeah. nation. So maybe that's part of why I felt the way I did when we were there, but I mean
0: Nebraska. (laughs) That's really what spoke to you, (laughs) if anything. Really, I mean, I guess heard it here first,
1: folks. (laughs) It's a lot of the. It's a lot about people, of Mm -hmm. course, and finding and finding people that you feel like understand you, and that has been a big revelation going to the states with this kind of music. In general, because it's very different uh, traveling in Europe, like especially Germany, and doing Norwegian shows with English lyrics in all, yeah. uh, an American folky
0: kind of way. And you had said that, that that was not necessarily received well in Germany, or at least not not in all locations of Germany. Is that right? Absolutely. We have not found
1: the community yet, <laughs> especially for that kind of music. They have a different, they have different influences than we've had. Over Do you think the years, they I find
0: guess. it odd that you're Norwegian, but singing American folk music, if we're just, you know, going to yes. label it broadly, like, would it be, would they find it odd if an American folk singer went over there? Or is this something about you guys like emulating a style that, you know, isn't like in your native language? I think that might be part of the
1: problem. And in Europe in general, I think there's a lot of in Americana folk musicians coming from the States that are Mm. just welcomed welcomed with open arms. Uh And if you're a European doing the same things, people are a bit more distant. I don't know what to call it. I think
0: maybe they're like a bit more put off by it or, or, okay. Yeah, that's so so. fascinating. I wonder why that is, because I feel like one really cool thing about streaming Spotify, Apple, Amazon, whatever, is sort of like the democratization of music and, and kind of like everybody gets a fair shot. And it's sort of all, you know, like just these playlists, you know, that we're on, you know, we're from all over the world and yet we're making something that is sonically similar and so we're sort of a part of this group. And it's it's odd to think about not being able to just like take that vibe that you make in your music and kind of find, you know, people that enjoy it everywhere because that's what's happening digitally. That That's
1: true words. And uh, I just think it it takes time.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: also after rambling about this, Europeans don't like... Norwegians with their American folk music, I'm, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's just the feeling that we have, and we haven't really. Well, if uh, there's any
0: Germans the- listening,
1: we want to know. <laughs> Tell <laughs> but, us what's up. <laughs> but also, actually, in in that area, the English language is also a little bit of a problem because they don't. They're not that strong in English. Okay, and also at almost every concert. That we did in Germany, people are like, "Play a Norwegian song." <laughs> like, what? Wow. Do you think, uh, yeah, is that more relatable to you that we <laughs> sing in Norwegian? Than in- <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, that is so odd, man. I yeah. I will be if I ever tour Germany, which it's looking like I never will with the state of the world. I'll be interested yeah. to see if I am also, you know, if if they are sort of tired of the. English songs. <laughs> so what do you think is the biggest like pro or benefit of being a Norwegian artist? And and what do you find to be kind of like the biggest con or inhibiting thing of being a Norwegian folk artist?
1: Hmm. I haven't thought that much about it because it's what I am. I don't mm-hmm. there's no alternative. And I really I love living in Norway, even though I love touring. In the mm-hmm. states and different places as well, but one of the benefits, I guess, being a musician in Norway is that we're really well supported here. <laughs> yeah, not to rub it in. But <laughs> yeah, I, wow, <laughs> this is this is very triggering for me. <laughs> <laughs> we have a, a great support system for artists that show that they put a lot of work into. Mm-hmm. their yeah their art and it's not like you can apply for anything and just get it you have to show for something
0: mm-hmm.
1: but at least there's some funding they yeah. can turn to when you're in folk music yeah in, you it's it's a thing that you like nature i guess <laughs> mm-hmm. and you find a lo- lot of yeah. inspiration in that
0: man i bet i mean could- norway seriously looks so stunning and I, I think that you'd probably find a lot of inspiration from just being out in nature there. Absolutely. So mm. I am that's jealous. one of the benefits. I'm very oh, envious sh- of that. Plus like oh. healthcare, like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We're lucky
1: there as well. Yeah. But you know, the economy of all this is not really I mean, there's a lot of really great art that comes out of hard living as well. True. That's so a good point. I'm not sure if that's that benefits us as Hmm. musicians or not. I'm just pointing it out. It's it's a reliable system, at -hmm. least.
0: And then what would you say are some of the cons, if there are any? I guess the reach and the, if you want to do
1: American folk music, the language is a big part of Mm. what you do and Mm -hmm. it's not our first language. So that can be challenging.
0: I can't imagine writing in a different language and this is just, you know, I I should be able to. A lot of people are able to speak fluently in two languages and write in different languages, but there's such a nuance and you know, sort of like sort of like writing poetry, like the way you write is so different than the way you speak and I mean, your guys' lyrics are so incredible. I mean, it's it's just very cool that that's actually your second language and yet you're able to write so beautifully and poetically in a second language. Thank you. I mean, if I I I... tried to write a song in Norwegian, it'd probably just be like, birds (laughs) are black when they're black birds. You know, like it'd be so awful.
1: (laughs) That's so cute that you bring that up. you always comfort me when I I think I... I speak bad English, you always bring that no, up. No, you don't but speak it's bad English really at all. This is
0: absurd. You literally <laughs> said the word epiphany earlier.
1: <laughs> but it's really not the same because we've been listening to American language or English language through our television, our whole. I've been watching a lot of television. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, you and me both. I do sort of feel like this is a good segue into, I sort of want to, wrap up in like the next five to 10 minutes, but I do want to ask about how you all have been surviving this two-year global pandemic shutdown, you know, as an artist, I th- I think, I think a lot of stuff has been coming out from artists lately of just sort of the exhaustion and the, the fatigue of having to turn into content creators and move away from what we actually like to do. I mean, how have you guys been riding this wave? It's been a challenge for sure,
1: but as I was saying, we have a fairly good support system, like for funding mm-hmm. artists in Norway. So, and there's a lot of bad talking in from the Norwegian artists about the, that system because they don't mm-hmm. think it works. But compared to a lot of our colleagues outside of, outside of Norway, I'm so happy about. Mm-hmm what we have here. Well, that's not been the hardest part, I guess. Though the worry really gets to you. But I don't know. It's just a total different way of living when you're used to traveling a lot, meeting a lot of new people, having a lot of influences, and just everything stops. (laughs) And that's been challenging, I think. And we've done a lot of new stuff in this period of time we've been writing a new record and when i look back at the lyrics that we have for this one compared to the latest one
0: mm-hmm.
1: the the record called we'll never know unless we try is a lot about people we've met on the road and different uh, fates life and just about trying to survive as an artist in that kind of environment and this record is a lot more like inward I even wrote a song about my feelings about yoga with Adrian <laughs> <laughs> I really got into a good yoga flow there. Gosh, yoga there. with
0: Adrian is the best. <laughs> I she know. is the greatest. I think she's partially why I got a cattle dog was because her dog Benji is so cute. Well, oh, a very misleading dog in that breed. <laughs> he's way too calm to be a cattle dog. Oh really? <laughs> and if she's oh, listening, she needs to let people know that he's the rarity. <laughs> 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 but yeah, that's that's really. I'm well, I'm really excited to hear this new album. And it's cool that, you know, you've sort of been able to still make art throughout all of this and probably something that will be very relatable to people as the years go by as we remember this. And I know that you all have done a lot of you've made a lot of like really cool YouTube covers and things. And I saw that it was Friday sessions and then it turned into family sessions. Right. Can you tell us about that?
1: This is a great part of what we've been doing in yeah. the pandemic times because we started this. It was just a shot in the dark, I guess, trying to start up a little YouTube series, forcing ourselves to release a little live video every Friday starting mm-hmm. May, like 2020, I guess. Wow. And we had a little camera and an ear trumpet lab mic that we put up and recorded. It was learned it would. The thing about that project its it was so mentally good to <laughs> have to learn a new song every week, yeah. like arranging it in your own way, finding out some guitar licks that you like and yeah. learning something new like every week. So it was first us with a band. It was a lot for our own sake, I guess, mm-hmm. as well as for our audience. And then it just escalated. We got more into the... Technical side of sound. Tor is such a nerd when he really,
0: <laughs> yeah. Gets I mean, like the, the taste quality for something. of these are amazing. I mean, I was <laughs> listening to some this morning, and it's like, wow, this is they're they're putting out some really good well, stuff. You should look back on the first stuff. does not that.
1: but we've evolved. I will, and yeah, he's such a nerd. So whenever he gets a taste for something, he just dives down in it youtube all the tutorials get fine blah 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 so he's uh, he's a mixing engineer now That's uh, great. and then as we talked about uh, with the musical community in, in norway or Oslo, we were fortunate to have worked with a lot of different people in different genres so at some point they just started coming <laughs> to us with it like, could we do this in this song like and also inviting big Norwegian stars to join us for a song. And it just turned out to be a really community-building kind of project. that that is so cool. Got together with different guests and played a song. And some of them are stars and some of them are just
0: beginners. Well, everyone should definitely check those out. And so is there anything else that you sort of want to... Maybe tell us about before we end, you know, what does 2022 look like for y'all? I know you have a record that's in the works. What do you have a timeline on that? Uh, no, not really.
1: <laughs> We're <laughs> finishing it up right now, but okay, we don't have cool. a plan for it. But we are still doing our sessions, which is called family sessions family now. Because we, we had it on Fridays, but then we started a live concept in Oslo as well. So, mm-hmm. and we couldn't have it on Fridays because no artist is available on Friday and we have guests. And stuff. <gasps> yeah. So we great. did it on Wednesdays and now it's called family sessions and you, Andrea are welcome <laughs>
0: anytime. Oh, I'd love to. Also, I mean, hopefully I can get over to Norway at some point and see you, yeah. but that's great. Well, Marie, thank you so much for chatting with me today. This has been very fun. It's good to catch thank up you. again. I, I guess I did mention bone broth and I, do you want to just sort of let the listeners know why? <laughs> I mentioned yes. that or, okay. <laughs> we can go out on, on a mystery. <laughs> what I've been
1: doing in the pandemic is make a lot of on bra. <laughs>
0: Because I, it started that That long before the pandemic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we went on a tour together and it was the worst snow storm of like the century in the north. And you were constantly drinking bone broth. Yes. All hours of the day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just, it's nutrients. Whenever you can't really find like healthy, good food, at least you have some bone
0: broth. (laughs) (laughs) so so we had a norwegian in the upper midwest and no surprise she couldn't find healthy food (laughs) oh man Uh, anyways that's great thank you so much thank you so much for answering these questions this has been a lot of fun yeah hopefully i'll see you on the road sooner than later absolutely and get over here i will i yeah don't ask me twice i'll be there Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast with Marie from Darling West. If you would like to learn more about Darling West, head over to darlingwest.no. That is darlingwest.no. You can also follow them on Instagram, Facebook. You can hear their music on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music. You know the drill. And as always, like and subscribe to this podcast and leave a comment. And we will see you all in two weeks. Have a good one.